Uh, we're very excited that you're here with us and we're here to celebrate you. Uh, but we're also here to worship the Father today, so let's go to him in prayer. Father God, just thank you uh, for the opportunity once again to gather in your house, Lord, to, to worship you. Lord, thank you for blessing everyone in this room with a mother uh, who raised us to a point to, to get to, to where we chose to serve you and chose to, to serve you, Lord. Lord, just build as we enter this time of worship, Lord. Let us glorify your name and let us impact this community for you. Lord, we love you and thank you for loving us first. It's your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I'm Ryan Willis. I'm the youth pastor here at Eastside Baptist Church. If you're a guest with us, we'd like to say well, thank you for coming and welcome. Uh, please stop by our visitor's table in the back. We've got a small gift that we'd like to give to you just to thank you again for, for coming to be with us. And if you're just here to visit your mom, please still come back. We'd like to shake your hand and tell you that we're glad you're here. Um, just a quick couple quick announcements. One, uh, we're still selling waffle plates for the men's ministry to raise money for the scholarship fund. So please see Michael Smith guys to get tickets to sell uh, and to buy tickets. It's $6 a plate and it's going to a good cause. So please help us out with that. Uh, second little tidbit, we are not going to be having service tonight so you can enjoy time with your families. So take advantage of that and rest tonight. Celebrate your mama. Um, now I'm going to pass it off to Brother Matt as we go into a time of, of dedicating babies and parents committing to raise their children uh, in the love and commitment to serve Christ. Levi and Callie and uh, Emmy Louise to come and uh, we want to recognize them. Uh, something we do uh, at Eastside Baptist Church is we have what we call child dedication. This is not a Christmas. This is not a baptism. In a moment, we are going to baptize at the end of the service. Uh, we have the great privilege of participating in the ordinance of baptism as Allie Mock has dedicated her life, gave her life to the Lord, trusted Jesus as her Savior, understanding what Jesus has done, that she's going to follow up in believers' baptism. But today, during this time, is child dedication. I know, you can't help it. Girls just always have done that. <laughs> but in Proverbs 22, it says, Train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So often I've heard people want to focus in on the, they shall not depart from it. Problem is that too often we don't spend enough time training them up, raising them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so, really, today is about y'all. It's about the grandparents, the aunts, and the uncles. It's about being around this child, bringing them up the way God would have us to raise our children. It is a blessed and awesome responsibility. There'll be Sundays that uh, you're tired of, but she needs to be in Sunday school. There'll be days that it'll be easy to focus on all the recreation and all the ball and all the school, but she needs to know that mom and dad pray and that they pray for her. When we went and visited Miss Amy Lou in the hospital, something I always try to do as a pastor, I believe in it, as I prayed over this child, that God would draw her to Him. And the very first time the Holy Spirit convicted her, she would trust Him 
as her Savior. I pray that God would instill in Levi and Callie a deep desire. I, I, this is such a blessing for me because I did premarital counseling with you, walked along through that time, and seeing you faithful in Sunday school, serving God in your business and in your careers, and now raising this beautiful, beautiful, precious child the way God would have her be raised. No telling what she will be able to accomplish for the kingdom of God. Look, in the day that there's so much to be depressed about, so much to worry about, I'm encouraged that we have young couples who are doing just this. There's still hope, church. There's still hope because of families like Levi and Calvin, the precious Emmy Louise. And so right now, we want to pray for them. We want to pray God's eternal blessings over them. And after that, we'll present you with a gift. But I still believe the most important thing is prayer. She needs to hear Daddy pray. She needs to hear Mama pray. She needs to see that evidence as they grow, knowing that God, you love her and you love Him because y'all love the Father first and foremost. And if she sees that, she's ahead of him. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just praying God's blessing. Let's pray, church. Father in heaven, we are so honored and privileged to be able to come and pastor pray over this precious family. Thank you for their dedication to you. Thank you for their testimony that Jesus Christ is Lord of their life. Lord, I can remember sitting in my office not too many months and just a few years ago talking with this couple and point blank asking them, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Both of them unequivocally professing you. I pray, Father, that you would bless them as they grow together and as a family. And as Amy Louise grows up in to be the young lady you have called her to be. I pray, Father, for a steadfastness in that home. When she tries her parents, that they will stand. God, that she would see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, the love they have for Jesus and His church. So, Father, I pray once again that at the wooing of the Holy Spirit, that convicting power in me to trust You as Lord and Savior. God, that we would all be the example in front of her you've called us to be. So, Father, today, we dedicate her as Hannah dedicated her boy, as so many others throughout time have given their children back because they're not ours, they're yours. Lord, may you have your willing way in their lives. We entrust all this to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want, as a church, to present you with this gift and say, God bless you. Appreciate you. Love you. We're going to be praying for them, aren't we? Look how pretty that may be. Huh? All right. God bless you. All right. In Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 31, it says, uh, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. Uh, this week, preparing music, I thought, you know, we got a lot going on. We got Mother's Day. Um, and then we got baby dedication. 
and uh, in baptism. And uh, I was thinking back, and every day uh, when I was at home with my parents, when I walked out the back door, that verse uh, was posted uh, right by the back door. Uh, I still there. I'm in the wood last night. See if it was still there. Um, but that truth was just instilled with me that those that wait on the Lord, He'll renew our strength. No matter what's going on, God will renew our strength. Um, and we can mount up wings as eagles. We'll be able to run. We won't be weary. Um, we should walk and not be faint. Is that right? Yeah, still there. Okay, yeah. Thought about that. And then, um, you know, but to be able to really take part uh, in that, to experience that verse, um, you have to come to know Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord and Savior. Um, you have to experience the grace uh, and the mercy and the love that comes with knowing Christ. And then at that point, He'll renew our strength. So today, as we worship, let's worship a Savior who is, gives us grace and, and pours out mercy and, and has love unending for us. And let's also thank you that when times get tough, he picks us up and he, he brushes us off and he gives us the strength to press on. Uh, so let's today stand, let's worship, let's give him honor and glory as we sing together.
And so somewhere along the way, whether you were adopted, whether your parents still alive, you were born of a mother. No matter how you came along, you came that way. It's God's plan. When God created Adam and Eve, He created them to procreate. And we know that they had children, Cain, Abel, Seth, and then it continued. And as I prayed and looked over what to preach today, Mother's Day can be very hard for many who have lost their mothers or some ladies who aren't mothers. I'm reminded of a sweet lady that I pastored in Alabama and I had the great privilege of officiating her funeral. Miss Lois Hutto was in her late 80s when she died. She had never been married. All of her brothers had been married. They all, one brother still living. And he's approaching 90 years old. I did her older brother's Howard's funeral when he was about 97. And I would love to sit and listen to him talk about being in World War II. And I would love to listen to Miss Lois. She had the, the greatest sense of humor. Dry. You know, you'd think this old maid would just be kind of real stuffed up. And I would play dominoes with the old lady sometimes. And I say that in the most compassionate way. But they were. Uh, and they would sit around and... There was one I, I, I deemed the Domino Nazi. She would hold the rules I mean right down. And Miss Lois, she would crack a joke and she would she would stick it so and she would crack jokes about herself not ever being married. And it was just hilarious, but Lois had a place. Lois mattered. And something I want you to understand today. No matter who you are, male or female, whether you're a mother or not, no matter what you're past is, you matter to the Lord. I don't, I don't, I don't think y'all heard me. See, this is why we have depression, despondency, why marriages are failing, why we can't keep a job, why people are taking their lives. You didn't hear what I said. God said you matter. You matter to Him. You may not look like you've got the biggest, greatest job on this earth. You may seem insignificant in the realm of eternity, but I've got news for you today. You matter. And so today I want us to look at the glory of a godly woman. Notice, I know it's Mother's Day, but I didn't say of a godly mother. I want us to see the glory of a godly woman. He starts in Exodus chapter 1 verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply to heaven in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land. Therefore they sent taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were in dread of the children of Israel. Now let me, let me stop right there and remind you of something. The world 
is in dread because they know that our belief, our faith, our God is a threat to their society. It's a threat to their way of life. They are in great dread over anything that may be perceived to be taking their freedom away. Just this past week, once again, Roy Moore, the Chief Justice of the Alabama State Supreme Court, having already been dismissed one time because he put the Ten Commandments. Imagine that. The Ten Commandments that all our commands are based upon. In the courthouse, he was dismissed from the bench for that. He has ordered in the past year that all probate judges throughout Alabama refuse to grant a marriage certificate to homosexuals seeking marriage. And so once again, the Judiciary Council has decided to suspend him. The world is in dread of our God because God's holiness reveals their ungodliness. And when we walk with the Lord, we should not surprise, be surprised, Jesus said, when the world comes against us. Well, the world came against the Hebrew children. Godliness is under attack. Listen, in today's society, womanhood, the basic premise of womanhood is under attack. We now, instead of recognizing a college athlete who is dying with cancer, fighting, and in the last two months of her life, playing in two college basketball games, and dismissed as the female athlete hero of the year, and instead give it to a man who is all confused about who he is. Church, we're all messed up. We're under attack. And make no mistake about it. Put your head in the sand. And you will reap the whirlwind. The world wants to take your womanhood away from you. Let me make something vividly clear. There's been the whole idea of women's lib for many, many years. It had started prior to me understanding the roles growing up as a child. I wasn't around for the era of, I mean, I, I can remember the ending of the Vietnam War, but I don't remember all the ERA and all the women's lib uh, protests and movements. But what I do know, according to Scripture, is that women and men are both created in the image of God. And we both have our place in the world. One does not walk in front of the other, but walking equally. Listen, when God took a rib from Adam, He took not a bone from Adam's head, for He never meant for the woman to lord over the man. Nor did He take a bone out of Adam's foot, for He never meant for the man to lord over the woman. But right smack dab in the middle, He took a rib out so that man and woman would walk together. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to do a man's job, and men, you don't have to feel like you're in touch with your woman's side to be what God has created you to be. That's common sense, we would think. But today, it's all transgender and whatever other gender neutral and everything else we can think of. They're trying to take genders to where they don't even say he or she on college campuses. Please, church, don't fall for the attack on womanhood. 
my grandmothers and my mother knew who they were. My grandfathers, my dad didn't treat them as less. They were as important as anyone else. You matter. And it is important to grasp the glory of a godly woman. I just got news for you. Philip, you sing wonderful. But you can't get three men in this place that sound like those three over there to sing along with. Amen. Just, I, I told Ryan during the Orphans of God, I said, look at Laura. I said, she just opens her mouth. There's no strength. Just, he said, that's the way it's supposed to be. I said, yeah, a lot of people think they can sing. She can sing. Man, just, he just opens up and glory comes out. You know, we've got our place in the world. We've got our place in the world. Women, don't be ashamed. Don't feel like you've got to change to, to feel the world. Womanhood is under attack. They were fixing to come. Look, he said in verse 22, So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. Now that is deceiving. Sounds like just a man that's in trouble. But you'll see what he does with the women. You see, godliness is under attack in womanhood, in motherhood. I don't want to raise kids and bring them into this world. You know, that sounds all heroic, except for the fact that if God has given you a husband, God has enabled you, and God wants that, then it's your privilege to be a parent. Change. Levi Kelly, y'all not the same you were a couple years ago. I mean, you don't think about yourself at 3 o'clock in the morning. So I'm not getting up. She can just lay there and cry. No. No, you're going to get up. You're going to do, and, and you're going to feel that little bit of fever. And you, I mean, life changes, don't mind. It changes. Church, don't let the world steal the victory of being what God has created you to be as a woman, as a mother. And listen, childhood. Pharaoh was stealing the childhood of so many. He was taking the lives, literally, the breath of life from the boys. But he was taking the childhood of the girls too, for he took them into slavery. He already had them, but not only was they already in slavery, but now he was taking all those young daughters and bringing them into his court. Church, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for popularity of what we think is the best for our girls. We're selling them out to the world. Because we want them to look the prettiest, we let them wear the skin. I'm going to tell you something. You're beautiful to God. Covered up. Covered up. Alright? Because there's only one thing a man thinks of when he sees two others. Don't be immodest. Church, don't let the world steal your children's childhood. Let them be children. Alright? People, oh, they went to this road to if it gets that loud, I'll let them preach. But you know what? I love children's church. I do. I'm thankful that we have children's church. You know, somewhere along the way, they need to learn how to sit in church. 
I mean, are, uh, we don't make excuses for our kids all their lives. And then when they get 21 years old, they can't hold a job, they can't stay married. You know where they come in? They come to you. Because you're the one that failed. And then you're going to whine about keeping up. You're grown up. Well, you should have raised them right and train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and let them know in on the truth you don't always get your way. And you're not always right. Amen, teachers? Listen to me. Don't let the world steal your children's childhood. Let them play. Get grief. Worry about picking it. Dump the Legos in the floor. If you're worried about stepping on one, just don't walk in that room. Just shut the door. Let it be a child. Look, sometimes the best thing you can do is snatch the plug in out of the wall, push them outside and lock the door. Amen. 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 I'm used to, oh, I can't believe it. And do it on a 98 degree day. They're not going to die. Look, if it gets real bad, they'll scream. If you see blood, then you can let them in. They'll figure out how to play. You know what? They'll go build huts. Anybody ever build a hut? If you've never built a hut, you have a pitiful child. Any of you ever built a, a tent in your living room? Amen! Man, we had tunnels and we bring all kind of stuff in there. I mean, look, all of them are smiling now. See, the world wants to steal our childhood. I don't even have it. I, I actually feel pretty good about myself right now. You know what we do? We sit them down with a smartphone, an iPad, an iPod, a Kindle Touch, Flame, whatever it is, and they are, look, have you seen the commercial where grandmother and granddaddy walks out and kids walk up and they say, oh, we're so glad to see you. None of this works. And they hand them all their electronic equipment because an eight-year-old can fix it. I don't have a clue how to do all that stuff. You know, it's just dot com. I, I don't know. Make it work. Download it, upload it, side grid it, whatever you got to do. But don't let that stuff, because I'm going to tell you something. It's a dark world. Pharaoh bringing them into the very palace of darkness. In some ways, the boys that lost their life were better off than the girls. This world is attacking godliness in our lives. Don't let him win. Now, all of us do things differently, okay? So I don't want to stand in judgment, but I want you to understand some premises of this. There's cartoons your kids should watch. There are movies your kids should not watch. Hey, you know what? I take pride in being a hateful parent every once in a while. Because if they get mad at me every once in a while, it means I've done something right. Because I know my baby did a lot of right, I stayed mad at <coughs> The one thing, right? The one thing I wanted, the one thing I wanted, my baby wouldn't let me have a motorcycle. Yeah. <coughs> I don't need her because I know I'd be dead. Because I was a knucklehead. If it would go 50, I wanted it to go 55. If it 
I mean, anything and everything I can do with one listen, you ain't got it. I don't care who's got one. My dad, look, if I want to make my daddy mad, compare it. Compare it with somebody else. Daddy, woo, it's a hot. Church, don't let your children connive, compare, guilt you into not being the godly parent you called you to be. Children, learn that your parents may be old. They actually know more than you think they do. A lot of things happen. Number one, he started attacking. He was attacking womanhood, killing the baby. He was attacking motherhood. He was attacking childhood. But I want you to see how womanhood is being abused in today's society. He said, and every daughter you shall save alive. Now that seems like deliverance, but it's a deceptive deliverance. We prop them up and we look at these great beauties. And I want to tell you something. Could you imagine? Everybody, everybody in this room that's my age, 51 or older, raise your hand. Alright, let me ask you a question. 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I've been out of high school four years. 30 years ago. Could you imagine that they would do a prime time? Not, not 2 o'clock in the morning on some off-cable channel. But on primetime national network, they would have a whole two-hour show dedicated to girls in lingerie. Would you imagine that? But they do. And they're keeping out the girls. They're saying you've got to look like this, act like this, dress like this, eat like this, sound like this, drink like this, party like this. Look at the shows that our kids are inundated with today. We have absolutely, unequivocally propped up the idea of having a child outside of wedlock. We don't, there's no repercussion. I'm not saying drop a scarlet A across them, but listen to me. We must not glamorize sin. It's the manipulation of the mind. We're doing what the world says we ought to do. You need to do this. You need to join this club. You need to look just like this. You need to do all this. And the world is manipulating your mind. Let me tell you something, young girls. Let me tell you something. You don't have to go on a diet. You don't have to do this. You don't, unless the doctor tells you because you're in danger. But you don't have to look like what them people... Those people you see on TV are living a jacked up life. Okay? One of the heroes 20 years ago was Britney Spears. She comes up and you say, Preacher, you're out there. She was in the news this week. So before you say, I'm talking about something way past, don't you hear what's going on now? She's in her 30s. I mean, she comes out, she's Miss Wonderful, Mouse of the Tear, Disney, great, wonderful. And then she gets a little bit of limelight. She gets a little taste of the world like Miley Cyrus. Sweet little Hannah Montana just went slam off the deep end. Well, Brittany did too. To the point she had to be hospitalized, washed over. She's in her mid-30s and in the news this week. Her dad and a lawyer who are conservators for this. She's 37 years old. They still monitor every purchase she makes down to a Starbucks cup of coffee. Does that sound like the life you want to live? 
Huh? I mean, listen, at 25, I had to marry Becky, so somebody take care of my money. Because I didn't know how to do it. But you know what? I was smart enough to do that. She ain't smart enough to do that. And the world says, look at this and look at that. And I could begin to name you names over and over and over and over and over. I mean, I could go all the way back to Janice Joplin and all the way forward to Amy Winehouse and all the ones in between with all the fame, all the fortune, all the beauty, and they're all dead. Church, don't let our women be manipulated of the mind that the world tells you you need to be this. I'm going to tell you what you need to be. Be what God made you. The most beautiful people I've ever met on this earth are women who are satisfied in who God made them to be. My mother, she goes and does a stupid thing like posting pictures of my grandmother on both my grandmothers on Facebook. That's the first thing I wake up to. Why are you going to do that this early, Mother? Let me ease into Mother's Day before I look at pictures of my grandmother. Both of them I've got pictures in my office. I see everything. But just seeing it over there and I think about and I look at the grandmother Brady and the times and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I don't see sadness because I know since 1988 and 2007 where my two grandmothers are. Because the life they lived was not manipulated by the world's ideas. They just were who they said they were. My grandmother Brady, every day of her life, I don't care if it was 98 years, uh, uh, 98 degrees outside, when she went out, number one, she was going to have the brightest red lipstick you could find. Number two, she was going to have a white sweater. I don't care what she was, she was going to have a white sweater on with a top button button. Huh? Y'all ever seen anybody like that? And she was going to wear white shoulders. See, the ladies know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I can still smell it today. I just smell my grandmother. You know? She didn't. She didn't drink her coffee out of coffee cup. She drank it out of saucer. You ever seen? She tipped it over, let it pour out into the saucer, couldn't she? And sent it off the sauce. Little things like that I remember. You know what? I remember my grandparents sitting there reading the Bible. They never starred in the movie. They never made a million dollars. I mean, listen, I know right where they're buried. Nothing fancy. It's just a granite headstone with some things around it. Nothing fancy, nothing. Look, when my grandparents' givers died of the house, when they died, that's all they had was a house. And a car. And the house wasn't worth about $40,000. They didn't have anything. But you know what the most cherished thing? My mother said, I don't care. Get all the furniture, the house, everything. You know what my mother got? Their Bibles. Because every day they read and then mark where they started and where they finished. Because it was a testimony of 90 years of life. And how to live. Listen. Don't let what the world says deceive you into believing that you're something special because you drink and party and, and do all the things that the world says do. It's the mistreatment of the person. Look, he made them slaves. We become slaves of fashion. 
Listen to me, men. I know there's little children here, so I'm going to be real careful right here. But there's things out there that can be viewed. You know what I'm talking about? Here's what you say. I just don't know if I can handle it. It's just it, it pops up. I get in there, and it's just hard. Let me tell you something. The next time something pops up, that, that temptation for you to look at something like that, I want you to look and say, that's somebody's daughter. Come on, man. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's precious little girl. And she may have chosen the wrong course. She may have went well. But she matters to God. Jesus died for her. Not to perform, but to allow him to save her. So next time you want to reject somebody outright, remember, God wants to save them. And if you're born again, the same way you say you're sorry, wretched, hell-bound life. We, church, are part and parcel of mistreatment of the person. We're letting what the world does influence us. And we even bring it into our church sometimes. We bring it into our youth. We bring it into our Sunday school classes. We don't need the newspaper. We don't need Ellen. We don't need anybody else telling us what our kids, our girls need to be except God's Word. Esther ended up in a place that God could use her. And it started because of her outer beauty, but the reason He retained her over basically 300 others is because of her inner beauty. Esther was beautiful down there. Listen to me, women. You don't all have to be mothers to be beautiful mothers of God. You don't have to be married. You don't have to have a back. Look, I remember a sweet little lady that uh, I was there when her husband died. And, uh, we were deer hunting. He had a heart attack in woods and died. A couple weeks later, she said, Would you take me down there and show me? I said, Yes, ma'am, I will. I went over to pick her up. All I had at the time was a big old jacked up four wheel drive. I brought a little step studio. And I pulled up. And this woman, she was raised in Collin County. I mean, she's tough now. She come out, she had knee-high wool socks, she had brogan boots on, skirt, come down over her knees, imagine that. She had a tube or toboggan or whatever you want to call it. She had that on, a big old wool sweater. And she said, I sure do appreciate it. And I said, let me get it. She said, I got it. She grabbed hold of that truck like she done it all her life. Because she had it. Here's the great, she raised 14 kids on that farm. 14. I can't fit them on my hand. 14 young men. But she's no more special to God than Lois Hutto who never raised her. Because God cares for all of us. See, I was impacted this week in wanting to get the message out that you matter to God. No matter what your station in life, you matter to God. And we are not to allow our women to be abused by what the world teaches them. All women matter. Now look at this story. Verse 1 of chapter 2. And a man of the house of Levi went into the wife 
daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived for her son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. Her name, according to chapter 6, verse 20, was Jehovah. Her name literally means Jehovah glory. That God gloried in this woman. Jochebed trusted her God. She put Moses in this little ark and pushed him off. Now notice. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. So we have Jochebed. We have Moses' sister. Then the daughter, three, three women, of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens, how many ever, but we got at least four sets of women in this picture. The maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Guess who her maid was? When she opened it, she saw the child behold the baby wept, so she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. So the maiden went called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew. She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. He became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Understand, it takes mothers. We need godly mothers. We need mothers who trust God, not ourselves. We need godly mothers who trust God, not their husbands ahead of God. We need godly mothers who put God above all else. Because listen, if you ever had to trust God with your children, when they got real sick, when they drove off for the first time by themselves. You know, the red light prayers, you see the tail lights, you're like, oh God in heaven, I pray in Jesus' name. I mean, you go praying now, but you can come praying at 16 years If you don't, Lord him. Listen, she pushed him out. Trusting God to take care of The only way I can express that is it's the same kind of faith Abraham had. The Bible says in Hebrew that if he would have taken Isaac's life, he believed God would give him life again. Jacobin believed God would take care of him one way or the other. Church, are you trusting your kids to God? Because I know, listen, it's hard. Sometimes you lay them on the altar. Then you see a situation that don't look like it makes sense, you want to pick them back up. <clears throat> it's hard that first time you're trying to get them to sleep in their own bed, you know, trying to break them some, they lay there crying, 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 crying. And everybody says, let them cry it out, let them go to sleep. And boy, you just are torn. Because the sound of crying, not the, not the misery of just the noise, but you don't want to hear your kid cry. Because it hurts you. You love your kids. 
Sometimes the best thing you can do is let them cry that selfish cry out and realize you can't always get your way. You've got to trust to God. Jochebed was a godly mother. His sisters were in the right place. It said in verse 7 and 8, then his sister, his sister was in the right place at the right time. Listen, if you're a sister, be the best sister God can make. Lift somebody up. Now I'm not talking about just sibling sisters as in you and Phoenix. I'm talking about being a godly Christian sister. I love listening to y'all in there this morning. So much I shut my door because I couldn't hear anything. But y'all are having a great time. I love to hear God's children have a good time. All of us ought to have a good time. Lift each other up. Look, we have hard times, don't we? And you had a hard time this week? Somebody had a hard time this week. Well, you know what? Stand around and talk a little while. Somebody may lift you up. God may send somebody at the right time in the right place to lift you up. His sister was right there. She didn't run home and say, I can't believe this is happening. Why did you push my little baby brother into the swamp? She stayed up and see what would happen. Look, you want to see God do something? Put yourself in a place that you see it happen. You want to see God change your kid's life? You, I mean, people come to me all the time. Hey, pray for my kid. I'm just afraid they're going in the wrong direction. Pray for my child. They've done this. You know what I say? Now, where do y'all go to church? Well, we're looking around, which is another word of saying we don't know. So if you don't have your children in church, and you're not teaching them, thus saith the Lord, I'm not praying for them. So that's, that's meaning, preacher. I'm going to tell you something. If a mom and daddy can't get do right, why? Why can I do pray that they would get their hearts light right? But look, mom and daddy, it's not my job. Right now. Amen. Mike Toole buys a big old sack of biscuits just about every Sunday morning to feed these boys. And it's working because all of them get huge. <laughs> they love it. They love it. They will look when they're old like me. They're gonna talk about you bringing business. Pour it into the life. See, I got news for you, boys. Any time just please you, make you happy just by getting busy. He wants you to understand. He cares about you. He wants you here to hear the word of God. That's one thing. But you know what? My boy's in the class. I love him. I think you're a guy man. You've done a pretty good job. Still working on the seven of them. It is not your job to raise my son. It's my job. Now, it's your job to be the Sunday school teacher, to be the godly influence, just like Coach John is when he coaches just like the other men, just like Ryan is in the youth group. And the other men that he's around, my brothers and stuff. But it is my job to be his daddy. Listen, women, don't think that the world will raise your child the right way. Be a godly mother. Be a godly sister. Be a godly lady, a sister in Christ who teaches them. Look, don't let them get you distracted from the lesson in Sunday school. You talk about all the cool stuff going on. Teach them God's Because we only have a little window. 
You have a little window. You think I don't know? You think I don't know? In three months, my daughter's moving off the college. I mean, I'm like, it's like reverse of getting out of prison. You know, when you start getting close, you come a short time. My daddy showed me his army calendar. He had a short time calendar when he was getting out of the army. Well, you know, mine's in reverse. In the short time of knowing she's going off to college. And I'll be honest with her sitting here. What goes through my mind? Phil, I'm going to tell you what's going through my mind in the last three months. Have I done everything I should have done? And I lay there at night. And there's a times where I think, did I do what God wanted me to do? Because that passage of time is almost over. This sister was in the right place at the right time. And nobody could ever say, why wasn't you there? Why didn't you help? Because she was. Look, who are you in the right place at the right time to help today? What will you do this week when somebody needs your help? Told you it's going to be a different Mother's Day message. <coughs> Jochebed matter. Sisters matter, but all women. It says in verse 5. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down and bathed, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark, she sent her maid to get it. Now they could have been furious because they wasn't the most glorious people, and they were maidens of Pharaoh's daughter, and she thought she was all that, and they'd sit there like this. And, and, and they would have had every reason. They'd been taken slaves. But you know what? They were used. God used the well to do Pharaoh's daughter. God Serve. Now, the word maiden here also gives the connotation that these girls kept themselves. That means they kept themselves for their husbands and the God. So that there couldn't be anything said when that man came for her hand in marriage. Church, all women matter to God. You need to hear me today. This is it. Look at me, women. Whether you're a mother, sister, daughter, neighbor, grandmother, young girl, man, boy, father, co-worker, whoever you are, the Lord, God created you. Number two, he has a plan for your life. Who led the children of Israel out of bondage? Who raised his staff and said, Stand still and see the salvation of God? Who did that? Who? Moses. Who struck the rock and out came water? from heaven. Who went up and got the Ten Commandments? There's a bunch of women that delivered the deliverer. Women, you matter. Men, you matter. What we've got to understand, God's got a plan for your life. And it is time that you stop doing it on your own. Be a mother's be a job, man.
Be a sister. Be a man. Be somebody that God can use in the right place at the right time. Come to Jesus. This is the time of dedication. Time of invitation. Let me make something vividly clear to you. I can't change you. I can't even change myself. God can make you understand how much you matter. Maybe right now you're depressed, despondent, Mother's Day is a terrible day. I understand that. I understand that. Hard day for something. But I want you to grasp something today. If you're here and you're breathing, and I think you are, some I have to wonder sometimes. We're looking at getting an AED because sometimes I'm going to run down out of the middle of the sermon and just shock them one good time, make sure they're alive. You need to understand God's got a plan for your life, and it's time for you to accept it and enjoy the blessings of the Lord. You may be the one. You may be the one. Not refusing to serve out of depression, not running and hiding from a situation, but being in the right place at the right time to provide the help God's plan to see the world turn upside down. What would have happened if Jacobin wouldn't have been faithful? What would have happened if his sister wouldn't have hung around to go home and get his mother, get her mother? What would have happened if Pharaoh's daughter had the same heart that he did. Church, stop being hard-hearted. Stop being hard-headed. Stop thinking you've got to be what the world wants. And for once, run to the altar and say, God, make me what you called me to be. Save me. Change me. Lord, may I be everything you created me to be. Stand and come. Stand and come. <clears throat> Don't hesitate. Talk about this.
y'all see? Allie's up there singing. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful girl. What a blessing this family has been in my life. Baptized mom, baptized brother, now I get the baptized sister. We're excited. Allie, did Jesus save you? Come in your heart. Forgive you of all your sins. So when you die, where do you go? What did he do on the cross for us? And then where'd they put him? In the tomb. In the tomb. But did he stay there? What happened? He did. And so we are baptized in remembrance of what he did for us. That we were dead in our sins and that we're buried with him in the likeness of his death and risen in the newness that is his life. Why don't you do it like that? Don't clap for me. Stand up. I know it. That's the whole point of being baptized. <laughs> See that? Look at that. Look at that. Listen to me. In obedience to the great command of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and upon your profession of faith in Him, my sister, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Alright, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thanking God for His many blessings. What He does for us each and every day. We can never thank Him enough. But this is what it's all about. Precious child, Understanding her value to Almighty God. Philip, will you thank God for today, for all that He's doing for us as we're dismissed? Father, thank you for this day, for your word. Thank you for your precious gifts, for our mothers. Um, Father, for ladies who have impacted our lives quietly, openly, with your word, grace. Thank you for this picture that's been painted for us the life, the death, and the resurrection that you accomplished in Jesus on our behalf. I pray today as we celebrate our mother's father that we would celebrate all the gifts that you give us in a way that honors you to the point that others would be drawn to the goodness and grace. We love you and praise you and go out lifting 